0: In case uh, you haven't been with us over the last few weeks, this is part of a series we're doing in Ecclesiastes, and we're also looking at it in our small groups as well, where there's an opportunity to talk through some of the things that have come up and explore this book from the Bible in more depth. So this is the fourth in the series. Let's bow our heads as we look at this fourth lesson from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Father, we've come from the circumstances of our own life over this last weekend, over the last years, and we come together this morning. We've come for a whole mixture of reasons, and we come with a whole range of different concerns, things going on in our lives, joys, sadnesses. Despair. Worry. Father, in these next moments, the most important thing is that we hear from you and that you speak into our lives and you give us direction. That you bring encouragement to us, you bring wisdom to us and that you work by your Holy Spirit to change our hearts so that our hearts are attuned to you And what you have for us. And what you have for our lives. These, as the writer would say, these brief lives that are so important to us and to you. So please help us now. Please come by your spirit and work amongst us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Every single person here is special. And your life is special. The life that you bring with you, that is the experiences of life that you bring here this morning with its history of highs and lows, of joys, of tragedy, of despair, this unique life of yours is special. You have been given your life. I don't mean that you have just been given life, but you have been given your life. And whilst there are so many things about our lives that are similar, we share common experiences. There is a uniqueness. And your life, Your life is special. And I suspect there have been times in our lives when we felt that. There is something about my life. There's something of value about my life. There is something of importance about my life. There is something of wonder about my life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11, the writer says, You, God, have placed eternity in our hearts. And I suspect... That when we have those moments when we think about our lives and think, surely this life of mine means something, it is an echo of what God has done in our hearts, what he has placed in our hearts. Because the life that you have, your unique life, is God's gift to you and it is special. But then there are other moments in life, aren't there? That sense of the value of life, of the importance of life, of the special nature of my life, it gets battered, doesn't it? Things happen in our life, and we can begin to think that our life really doesn't amount to very much at all. We can even come to think that our life is Worth less. And here's the fourth lesson from the book of Ecclesiastes Bad things will happen to you. It's not that they might do, they will do the nature of what the writer calls life under the sun is that bad things will happen i remember when i was growing up my parents were christians and i think i i know i grew up thinking there was something special about us as a family There was something special because we belonged to Jesus. Because he had a love for us. Because we were his children. And I think that translated to some extent into a feeling that therefore our life would be uniquely protected But it's not like that, is it? Bad things will happen. And sometimes those things have the capacity to virtually destroy your life. So I want to look this morning at what the writer to Ecclesiastes can teach us about living life under the sun where bad things will happen. And I want to ask, first of all, why do they happen? And secondly, how should we live life under the sun, given that bad things will happen? So first of all, why do bad things happen? Well, some bad things happen because we all do stupid things. Have you noticed that? There is a figure in, in Ecclesiastes. It's the figure of the fool. Do you know why that figure's there? Let me tell you how I think about it, if I'm honest. I think the fool is somebody else. <laughs> I think the fool is other people. But the reason why the figure of the fool is there is because all of us, at some time or other, We'll be fools. I don't mean necessarily we'll do evil things, although the line begins to blur between foolishness and sin. I simply mean, though, that we will do unwise things. That as we look back, we ask ourselves the question, why on earth did I do that? It's not that it was wrong, it was simply Stupid. When I was growing up and playing with some friends, uh, we were doing this dare, and uh, we started jumping off something like this. And then we decided to do a bit higher, and a bit higher, and a bit higher. And eventually it got to the challenge. Would we be willing to jump off the top of an outhouse? Guess who? Guess who? <laughs> guess who? <laughs> There are all kinds of reasons why I did it. I wanted to impress. That's not a good thing. But what it comes down to is it was unwise. And I discovered that the moment I hit the floor. I had never realized that concrete could be so hard. <laughs> Bad things happen because we do Foolish things. Fools, chapter 4 and verse 5, fold their hands and ruin themselves. You know, there's that moment where you decide, I'll stay in bed. I'll not do this. I won't attack that part of the job. I'll just sit back because, frankly, it's more pleasurable. It's more appropriate for me to be doing what I'm doing rather than doing what I need to do. And then you spend the rest of the week regretting it. See, folly can be so attractive. We read the word folly and we think, of course, I would never do that. But the fact is, we do. Bad things happen because we make unwise decisions. One of my favorites is chapter 10 and verse 11. If a snake bites before it's charmed, the charmer receives no fee." I imagine, imagine you're a snake charmer, you are really good at this, and you know that in order for the snake to be safe, you need to charm it. And maybe you're making a big presentation before the governor of New South Wales, or the prime minister, or Donald Trump, or even anywhere. And you think, I've done this lots of times before. I'm sure it'll be fine. Except the snake didn't know that. And the snake bites somebody. It's wonderfully put, isn't it? If a snake bites before it's charmed, the charmer receives no fee. You can read into that whatever you like. Maybe he ends up in prison. I don't know. Bad things happen because we do stupid Foolish things. Two, bad things happen because there are things we can't control. We've already seen this. There are all kinds of things that can happen to us, circumstances that we can't predict. One day we're feeling really well and the next day we fall sick. There are things that come into our life over which we have no control, no say. We can't control the circumstances of our life accidents, illness, disaster, unforeseen circumstances. I reflected on this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands, but no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. We don't know what's going to happen. People are trapped by evil times, chapter 6 and verse 12 that fall unexpectedly on them. We do stupid things. There are things that we just can't control. Number three, people. People. Some of you love people, don't you? You're people, people. People. We get our greatest joys, our greatest sense of worth, our most blissful moments with people. But people will hurt us. They have, haven't they? And sometimes it's the people who are closest to us who hurt us the most. People will hurt you. The hearts of people moreover are full of evil and there is madness in their hearts while they live people will use you they'll be all smiles they'll be full of praise but then when it comes an opportunity for them to sideline you in order to advance their cause or their career then at that point you're trash We do stupid things, unwise things. We can't control everything. People will hurt us. Fourthly, we all have authorities in our life. Well, at least most of us do. I don't think the queen is here, but even she submits to another authority. We all have authorities. You go to work, and some of you have the most fantastic line managers or bosses or CEOs, and others, Your company makes a decision that wrecks your career and makes your life miserable, makes your life miserable. How many of you have experienced that? There are people, powers over which we have no control. We live in a parliamentary democracy, but we can't control everything that governments do. And they can have impacts on our lives that are negative and destructive. In chapter 9, the writer there talks about power. And he's doing it in an Old Testament context, so it's about kingship. And we read that and we think about knights in shining armor or it's anachronistic or whatever it is. But he's talking about power. And he says, those in power can do things for good or bad. Since a king's word is supreme, who can say to him, what are you doing We do stupid things, things happen that we can't control. There are people, there are authorities, and then there's evil in the world. Do you notice how it started in chapter four? Were you listening carefully to what Angela was talking about, about slavery and brick kilns? There is evil in the world. Again, I looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed. And they have no comforter. Power was on the side of their oppressors and they have no comforter. The evil that is done under the sun. There's evil in the world and there's evil in here. In all of us. And sometimes we have been the people who have inflicted the The pain on the people we love the most. Lastly, I want you to imagine that you've got to the end of your life and you look back and you're sitting on the deck. The sun's going down. It's a great picture. It's the end of the day, but it's also a great picture. You're coming to the end of your life. You've lived your 99 years or whatever it is. And every dream that you've ever had for your life has been fulfilled. Your career path has gone exactly as planned. Your relationships have been fulfilling all the time. Your children have all grown up. And they've got happy lives. You're financially secure. Your health is still good. And as you lift your glass, you say, everything has gone well. I've lived a charmed life. Let me tell you, Even if that were to happen, bad things will still happen to you because we all die. And frankly, I've never come across anybody who's got to the end of their life or even partway through their life and hasn't looked back and said, there have been some really, really bad moments in my life. bad things will happen to you. So how should we live life under the sun? You know the title, can I just remind you of the title? It's a beautiful life. Some of you are already going to head off and see some therapist, are not you? Because you think this is terrible. He's just reminding me of stuff, of things I already know, but I don't want to know, life is terrible. Life can be bad, so how do we live life under the sun? Uh, I've, I've just got three things. Number one, if you're doing stupid things, stop doing them. <laughs> really, if you are doing something, maybe it's a habit, maybe it's actions that you are taking at the moment that are destructive, stop doing them. If you want to live a long and happy life in a retirement home, watch your diet and take some exercise. Stop doing stupid things, but instead, start doing wise things. The example I gave you was somewhat facetious, but you fill in whatever you need to because sometimes some of the things that we are doing are incredibly destructive of us. They may not be illegal. They may not even be, in one sense, sinful other than destroying our bodies is sinful. But they are unwise, Stop doing unwise things and start doing wise things. Chapter 2 and verse 13, I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. Chapter 11 verse 6 says, sow your seed in the morning and in the evening, let your hands not be idle, because you don't know which will succeed, whether this or that or both will do equally well. Just do something wise. Stop doing stupid things. Number two, stop thinking you have a right. You have a right to a happy life. Stop thinking and living as if you have a right to a happy life, that you deserve it, or that that's how life ought to be. Don't live like that. You'll destroy yourself. Because bad things will happen. And if you live expecting your life to be happy, and that's the norm, or that's what it will always be, that will eat away inside you, and it will divert you from your true purpose in life, the purpose God gave for you. Stop thinking you have a right to a happy life. Instead, if life's going well, enjoy it. Chapter 9 and verse 15. I love this. I commend the enjoyment of life because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Isn't that amazing? And If things are going well, enjoy it. Smell the roses. Smell the wine and the bouquet if, that's your thing but drink with moderation by the way remember do wise things (laughs) then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun if things are going well for you enjoy it embrace it but remember it's a gift it's not that you deserve it It's not that you are somehow better or more deserving than other people who are going through bad times. Some of the most godly people will experience the greatest tragedy. There is no telling. So if things are going well, or more likely if there are things in your life that are going well because most of our lives are mixed, even at the best of times, enjoy them. Thank God for them. But remember that they are passing, and remember that those things are not what your life is all about. Enjoy the moment. Sorry, there are four things. Third one, stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. You know, that girl you didn't ask out, and your life would have been so different. If you had. And she said yes. Stop it. The past has gone. You remember chapter one? Nature carries on with its cycles, but we don't. The past has gone. Stop living in the past. Stop bringing back those things where somebody thwarted your aspirations. let do go don't live in the past don't harbor your regrets rather leave them in God's hands see your sin you can let go of because he's dealt with it in Christ if you put your trust in Jesus Christ then your past has been dealt with so you don't have to keep going back to it our guilt has been taken away real guilt And those injustices, well, God will deal with them. Ecclesiastes is very clear that everybody will have to answer for their life. So those people who've messed your life up, and there may well be some, and those people who've committed atrocities and things across the world, they will have to answer. God will deal with that, and he will put things right. And the tragedies and disappointments will one day go. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more crying. So let it go, trust it to God, and remember this: God will and is using everything of your life under the sun, everything for your good and his glory. He turns everything. And that means you can look on your past with a completely different perspective because even the mistakes you made, the the unwise decisions, even the sins, even the things that people have done against you, God is using them for His purposes. And that brings me to the last thing. The last thing is this. Your life I mean your unique life, with its history, and with its experiences, everything about it, every experience you've had, good or bad, that makes up your life under the sun, is God's gift to you. It comes out of his love. God has given you life out of love For you, He has not given us life because He's a miserable, miserly God who delights in seeing us go through bad times. He gave you life out of love. Do you know why He gave you life? He gave you life so that you would have the greatest pleasure and privilege and joy of all. He gave you life so that you would come to know Him. Know Him as your Father. Know Him as the God who loves you. Know Him as the God who has a purpose for your life. That's why He gave you life. And in every circumstance that you have been going through, good and bad, your life under the sun is all for one purpose to take you to know him that's why it's there ecclesiastes 3 and verse 14 everything god does he says god does it so that people will fear him it doesn't mean cower in terror. It means come to know him. Come to revere him. Come to realize who he is. Come to experience his love and be overwhelmed by that. That's why God gave you life. So use your life well. Use your life well. purpose of your life is not to get rich. purpose of life is not to get happy because you won't be happy all the time. The purpose of life is not success. God, out of His enormous love, gave you your unique life, so that you would come to know Him, and as we'll see in the last week, so that you can fulfill your unique purpose for your life. So, as you go through your life with the good times and the bad times, and the good times, enjoy them, but give thanks to God for them. And remember that the reason God gave you life was not so you'd have a nice house and a good job, but so that you'd come to know the greatest treasure of all, which is knowing him through Jesus Christ. And when you go through the bad times, and when you weep, which you will and which you should, remember that even in that, God has given you this experience of life. So that you will know something greater than life under the sun. But life beyond the sun. Life in Jesus Christ. Eternal life. Resurrection. New creation. I want to finish with some words from the book of Hebrews. It's about Jesus. And the reason I want to finish with these words is because Jesus is the supreme demonstration of living life under the sun. He experiences the greatest highs and the greatest lows, greater than you and I will ever know. And he does it because it's through life under the sun that we come to know life beyond the sun. It is only through our experience, your experience of this life, that you can come to know life beyond the sun, resurrection, new creation. And Jesus shows us how that works, and he also achieves that for us, makes it possible for us. So I want you to notice, as I finish, these words from Hebrews chapter 12. The writer says, let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Your life. Your unique life. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. Your life is a beautiful life because God has given you that life. So that you can know life beyond the sun. Life in the Son of God. He loves you, gave Himself for you. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you will not just work in our minds, but work in our hearts. Help us to grasp something of this life that you have given us and discover why you've given it to us. That we may know life in Christ, life in the Son, as we live this life under the Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.